hello again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring June 23rd, 1974 at the High Life Fronton, Miami, Florida. Um, I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-host, Knob and Fig. And instead of giving our audience a big warm welcome hello this evening, let's go ahead and perform our favorite vocal vocal warm-up exercises. Unique New York. Unique New York. Oh, this is so much better. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. <laughs> I don't think any of that came through. <laughs> That's a little, uh, a little, p- p- uh, a peek behind the pre-show prep over here at the Help on the Way podcast. Uh, it's also a peek behind how much we care about the presentation that that we need to have our 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 instruments, as I call it, um, warmed up for uh, our yeah, audience. Yeah. It's like how an orchestra tunes in front of you before beginning their concerto, and in a similar way, we are about to play our concerto of words. That's right. And our, and our fearless conductor, Game, will uh, present uh, the orchestra to you. Nob, I believe you've landed on the episode title about two minutes in this week, so I what am... What is it now? Uh, Thank you. Oh, I forget already. Right. I wouldn't have... Like I'm the first violinist. Is it Unique New York? <laughs> Um, the the orchestra, yeah, the the orchestra and symphony of words, symphony of words. Uh-huh. See, I need to, I need to go back and keep doing more um, vocal exercises. Uh, we have a jam packed show this week, and what I mean by jam packed is we have a show from 1974. So you know that thing is like seven and a half hours long. Uh, so we are gonna dive. We are going to dive right in to our Channel 6 news segment for the week. And we are kicking that off with our friend. Is he our friend? Friend of the show. Uh, Phil Lesh performed his milestone uh, 99th and 100th, right, Nob? Uh, two shows wow. at uh, uh, the Cap Theater uh, this past weekend. And I do believe it was his birthday as well. Am I correct yes. on that? Yes, 80? the run started on his 83rd birthday. That's 80, amazing. 83 years young for our yeah, yeah. friend of the show, Phil Lesh. Phil, if you're uh, listening to this week's long, podcast. Long-time listener, Phil Lesh. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we appreciate everything you do, and um, happy birthday. Uh, and moving on in our Grateful Dead-related music news this week, um, Billy Kreutzman and his offshoot Billy and the Kids have um, officially announced a, uh, I think it's one concert run uh, during the New Orleans Jazz Festival um, on April 27th. Um, and folks, you did not hear this at home, but it just cracked thunder here and it scared me shitless. Uh, <laughs> all right. Wow. I wasn't ready for that. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, I personally am really looking forward, um, to this Billy and the Kids show. Uh, dare I say, maybe I'm looking forward to it, uh, more than the Dead & Company Jazz Fest show. Whoa, um, whoa. I, I really liked... That's okay to say. I really liked the Grateful Mahalo 
Yeah. And yeah. the Dead on the Rocks shows a bunch. The Mahalo stuff uh, was so special, just coming during COVID when like everyone was just stuck inside and just was so beautiful out there and they made such great music. That was really special. Now, the one thing that those shows yeah. had that this show will not that have. Was, that was my thought. Yeah. Um, well, it was, I wasn't going to say because it, it makes me sound like a whiny baby, but that was I my. Know. <laughs> that's what holds me back from from being as a as gung ho. Um, is one William Strings, the honorary kid, um, while he was with the boys um, for the Grateful Mahalo and Dead on the Rock show, he will not be with the band uh, at the Floor de Dead show on April 27th. Uh, however, I do love me some Tom Hamilton. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I was joking a bit. It's it's definitely yeah. not a, a a deal breaker by any stretch to not have Billy there. Billy and the Kids was great before Billy Strings, and Billy and the Kids will be great after Billy Strings. Yeah. So I'm uh really looking forward to the show. Um, what here's actually... a question. Ooh, maybe is, we have an answer. Yeah. Is Billy, as in Bill Kreutzman, uh, going to be drumming with Billy and the Kids? Yeah, because it seems um, it seems a little okay. It says what, the little teaser uh, kind of logo says hosted by the Grateful Dead's Bill Kreutzman. Yeah, and on the bottom it has some um, uh, musicians' names. However, Bill Kreutzman is not listed with said musicians. Yeah, and but... they're being a little coy about this. I think it's true. I would assume. Assume that Kreutzmann's going to drum, mostly because it's a one-off show. It's not like they announced a Billy and the Kids tour. Yeah. And none of the other listed names are drummers. Aaron Magner is a keyboardist. James Casey plays saxophone. Reed Mathis does bass. Tom Hamilton does guitar. If Billy Kreutzmann is not playing drums, I don't know if anyone is. And I think that would be a weird vibe. Sure. That's my thought, at least. And it is also, um, I believe, a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... April 27th is Billy and the Kids. May yeah, but he'll be down there anyway. Dead Company. So, right. um, not that he can't, he, meaning Billy, um, just didn't do a summer tour, uh, majority of it, I guess. Um, he does have a week of rest between this concert and the Dead and Company shows. So uh, it would be a huge bummer if uh, Billy from Billy and the Kid. I mean, you got to imagine that this, this is a uh, Bill Kreutzman show. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there's a cool uh, interface here, kind of um, with uh, something we talked about on last week's show with uh, Post Crash Earnhardt uh, as our special guest, uh, who. Uh, liaised with Tom Hamilton for the Tom Hamilton Ask Me Anything on the Grateful Dead subreddit. And I'll tell you what that is. Um, there, yeah, there was there was a comment on the AMA. Um, oh, you know, it, was, it was the first thing Tom Hamilton said. He said, hey guys, sorry I was late. I was stuck in the studio. Or, you know, I was, you know studio ran late. We're like, studio? And now we know what he was up to. Uh, they were recording Dylan's uh, Tangled Up in Blue, and we get a clip of that here on, on this uh, this old webpage. Um, so they were recording that. Why? I mean... Just they, a teaser. They, no, I, I don't think they were recording that. 
Oh. I I think Hamilton was in the studio recording something else, and while there, recorded a little video of him singing those lyrics. Because I was going to say, like, if they're recording that, then it's like, oh, wait, is there Billy and the Kids album coming up? Like, what is going on? Okay, so it was just the, they piled on Tom Hamilton Studios time. Yeah. Hey, Tom, while you're in the studio, because everyone else's videos just look like they were shot at home. Uh, I would assume if it was something the whole band was doing in the studio, they'd all been in the studio. But who knows? All right. Let's head and move on to our main event um, this evening, which is a really good, at least I thought so, uh, 1974 show. Uh, this show was June 23rd, 1974, at the High Life Fronton uh, in Miami, Florida. This was Robert Hunter's 33rd birthday. Um, also, it was the only ever Let It Rock, um, which was interesting. For the dad, uh, right? Yeah, well, it's a friend buddy. Big. No, the Jerry Band did. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, so set number one gave us Ramble on Rose into Black Throated Wind into Mississippi Half Step Uptown Toodaloo, uh, Beat It On Down the Line, uh, Road Jimmy, uh, Jack Straw, uh, Let It Rock, Cumberland Blues, El Paso, To Lay Me Down, uh, Weather Report Suite Prelude, Weather Report Suite Part 1, Let It Grow, uh, and then Set 1 ended with China Doll. Uh, And since this week we have three sets, because we had set two of Sea Stones. Well, I'm not talking about Sea Stones tonight. (laughs) Well, I'm going to include that in set one, so you can dog it uh, during your set one review. Um, And actually, you know what? Um, Let's go ahead and pass it to you on first, Fig, for your thoughts on set number one and two. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, So, 74, this is our first 74 show, I believe, uh, that that we've uh, looked at. And 74 and 73 are both difficult years for me to really sink my teeth into, or at least have been um, traditionally. Um, Truth be told, I love this show. I thought it was phenomenal. Just the playing was stellar throughout. Just, you know, blew my mind. That being said, it's not easy listening. The band challenges themselves. They challenge the listener. Uh, fortunately, the audio quality is absolutely superb. This is one that you can listen to on headphones and it sounds like you know, a remastered recording, uh, but it's for free right there in the archive, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, I had you know, some of my concerns with 73 and 74 are just like the choices for the set. Um, I... I <laughs> You know, later in the 70s and in the 80s and the 90s, the dead dead sets they they made sense. Like there was a formula in, in a way, a loose formula, I guess I should say. But the songs made sense where they were placed generally. Mm-hmm. One of my problems, and this was a problem I had with more or less set one than set two, uh, was it just seemed like it was just pictures at pictures at an exhibition where it was just you know here's one song and here's another song and here's another one and here's another one and it, it seemed kind of aimless. Uh, but let me get into it. Um, Ramble on Rose uh, had a deliberative deliberativeness to it. It had a real driving feel that I really liked. 
Uh, Black Thirded Wind is good for a song that I don't really rate that much. Half Step, I don't have much. Uh, Beat It, did anybody count the beats? I'm guessing Nob did. Four. Four beats. Easy counting this time. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they didn't try. Uh, Row had this kind of cha-cha feel, which was off-putting. Jack Straw, I listened to the intro to Jack Straw, you know, where it's, I guess, Bobby, I guess the three guitarists. Um... I listened to it about ten times just because it was just gorgeous. Like that, that, yeah, it was amazing. And, and the rest of the song was really good too. Uh, Let it rock. I'm going to channel my internal um, David Spade and say I, I liked it better when it was called Johnny Be Good. Nice. Cumberland Blues. I really like Jerry's um, guitar effects. He had this interesting chorus flanger kind of effect, and I love the solos throughout that. El Paso was an awesome version of El Paso. Lots of energy, great dynamics on this one. Uh, to Lay Me Down, very subtle, very nice. Um, Donna Jean's harmonies were ranged from decent to just not great. Um, I wrote that it sounded like When a Man Loves a Woman, uh, that song by mm. Percy Sledge? I don't thinking. Um, it was interesting that it just kind of had a recall to that. Uh, Weather Report... Sweet. Uh, we got some Jerry guitar, uh, slide guitar, sublime slide guitar from um, Jerry and Weather Report Sleet, and then the instrumentals were just jazzy as all hell. And then we get uh, China, and and this was one of the questions I had about you know choices for the for the set. Um, just an odd choice for a set closer. Just kind of I was scratching my head about this one and and some other ones throughout the night. But you know I was kind of ragging on the harmonies and to lay me down. The harmonies in China were just fantastic, uh, especially after you know in the, in the just a little nervous from the fall section just absolutely incredible and then and then donna and jerry with the la 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 like just so good just just chill just chills down my spine uh sea stones happened um i could go into a little bit more detail if necessary but sea stones <laughs> was was a thing that happened for the first time on uh june 23rd 1974 kick it over to knob Thank you. Um, I mean, I have to lay my cards on the table here. I- I've listened to this show before, and I've loved this show before. This is one that I was very excited to just see its number get drawn up. Nice. Um, there, it-, it was similar to when we had that 81 Nassau show that I had already known and really liked. Um, and so I- it was just nice to get to give this a, uh, a more thorough listen. Because mm-hmm. that's what this is it's not as grab you by the collar shake you up grab your attention dead like you get in the more primal era or in the later brent stuff this is a subtler approach to grateful dead music uh and when you take songs for their own merit a lot of times they're really fun though sometimes their vibe throws me a little bit um with this first set, I do think it takes a little bit for the dead to find themselves. Uh, Ramble on Rose, uh, it's an interesting opener, uh, a very mellow, good vibes kind of opener. It took a couple minutes to get going. The transitions between the parts of the songs were uh, particularly rocky, but once they got going, they got going. Uh, for me, I really, I thought the first song of the night to really wow me was Ro Jimmy. Uh, the slightly mellower vibe that the band brought to the show wasn't working for everything in set one for me, but if there was a song that it's shown in, I would say Ro Jimmy. 
I, I'm not even the biggest Ro Jimmy person, but there was a lovely slide solo. Jerry's voice brought this wonderful sensitivity to the song. I was very impressed with it. Jack Straw was really nice. I really loved Keith's piano contributions. The second half was especially hot. Jerry had some really cool licks in there. I, when it comes to Let It Rock, I'm actually a little surprised that that one didn't stick around in the rep. I understand that they didn't need another Chuck Berry song that sounds like all of the other Chuck Berry songs they already do. <laughs> but at the same time, it was another Chuck Berry song that they could mix up uh, and put in that same spot. I thought it went really well. Uh, it was a really strong rendition for a first showing. Uh, the whole band was getting into it. Keith's keys, Jerry's guitar, really nice stuff. Cumberland I really liked. Uh, it was hot. There's a lot of in general, Billy, and this is true of one drummer dead era, but in general, he's playing very sparsely tonight, uh, hitting mostly major beats and certain emphasizing moments to give everyone else room to, to play. Uh, Cumberland is a song where he just goes nuts and really shows off what he can do, which was cool. I love this El Paso. I always have. I always will. Uh, I love the way that Bob says easy boys to the band for getting too into it too soon. Uh, Keith's bringing it, Bobby's bringing it, really, they nail the storytelling of El Paso in this one. Not huge on the To Lay Me Down, uh, the band is putting their effort into it, and I can't take that away from it, but, uh, as far as the ballads go for this evening, I, I don't really care for it. Now, this probably is gonna be a hot take, but I don't think it is. A 1974 weather report suite is peak Grateful Dead. That's nice. what that's what I come to the Grateful Dead to listen for. It's all of it. It's the pretty stuff in that first part. It's the 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 transitions between all the different sections. It's all of that weird energy that Let It Grow has. That subtle build. That high energy. That jazzy jam. I oh, it's perfect. They they just every 74. Weather, not every, but pretty much every 74 Weather Report suite is so perfectly in the pocket for this song. Uh, Jerry Slide solos are great. Uh, I love a badass 80s Let It Grow, but this had such a nice build to it. Uh, this is the first song of the night where we get a taste of that jazzy dead that's going to dominate set two. And I, I could not be happier with it. I loved the Weather Report suite. Cannot stress that enough. Um... I was a little skeptical of the China Doll, knowing it was coming, having looked at the set list. It's such a different energy from Let It Grow, and it's such a weird set-closing energy. But with the way they closed Let It Grow, it was like they had no other logical option. As soon as they started playing those opening notes of China Doll, I was like, yes, of course. You have to play China Doll right now. Uh, it was my favorite saying, of the ballads. As soon as they played China Doll, they had to continue playing China Doll? No, is like, big, is it the was... Big take? No, it was as soon as they we reached the destination, it was as if there was nowhere else the path could have possibly taken us. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, <laughs> but that's how it, it felt to me. It was a really nice transition, though. Um, China Doll is definitely my favorite of the ballads in set one. Jerry's voice is touching, some really sensitive playing, some really great stuff. It's a weird vibe for a set one closer. But it's an interesting, almost melancholy epilogue after the high-energy blowout that is the Let It Grow. I don't know. I don't, I'm interested in it. Um, and Sea Stones, 
you take it for what it is. It's a piece of experimental computer music from 1974. I didn't enjoy listening to it. But, it, <laughs> you know, it was music that was meant to be interesting to hear during set break. It isn't stand here and give it your unfocused attention, or your completely focused attention kind of music. Um, it was interesting. There were some really nice sounds, some nice playing with tension and release where it would get really ugly and then really pretty. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Sea Stones. You take it for what it is. <laughs> I don't like it, but I listen to yeah. it. Um, what did you think, game? I'm going to be uh, an echo chamber for the majority of my comments here. Um, really good. Set one was really good. Um, I really enjoyed Ramble on Rose and Black Throated Wind. Um, yeah, kind of uh, so-so on Mississippi Half Step. I really liked Beat It On Down the Line and Road Jimmy. Uh, I didn't have much for Jack Straw and Let It Rock. Um, Cumberland Blues was good. El Paso was great. Um, I agree, Nob. I always like when um, ever there's little like personal um, comments during during songs, and uh, you just happen to smile when, when you hear Bobby tell the boys to calm down. Uh, Lay Me Down was good. Uh, Weather Report Sweet was great. Uh, Let It Grow was good. Uh, China Doll was good. Uh, and I made it roughly about two and a half minutes through Sea Stones, and I uh, called <laughs> right, her quits. It's <laughs> about two more minutes of Sea Stones than I expected you to listen to. <laughs> Is Sea Stones like proto space? You know, in in, in yes. your book yeah. for how uh, how you yes. how you think about listening to the Dead's more experimental side. I I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I. And, and I here's the thing. I like electronic music. Uh, you guys probably don't know this about me. I don't think I've mentioned this in the show before, but I am the moderator of the Brian Eno subreddit, or at least one of sure. them. Sure, sure. And yeah, so I know we had royalty around us. My God. I know, I know. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, I'll, I will be signing autographs after the show. Um, but you know, and, and so he was on the cutting edge of electronic music. Yeah. Of course, electronic music was going on since like the late sixties with like, um, uh, why am I think I'm like Terry Riley and Carlos and yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, you know, took it to a different level, especially with what he did with Bowie and, and then his, um, solo stuff. Um, you know, trying to create like an ambience and, and he was able to do it. Now, the thing is he was able to do it, but not until 75, because I think that's when his first uh, kind of uh, ambient experiments come out. Mm-hmm. This was 74. So you got to hand it to Phil and Ned Lagan for, you know, trying to go in that direction with electronic music. Yeah, I just think it's, it's a swing and a miss in my book. And, and they try it. This is interesting historically because it was the first attempt that, that they did of, of many. I don't know how many, probably dozens. Or maybe, you know, more than a dozen. Around, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's an interesting kind of artifact uh, from the time. And, and you know, props to them for trying, but yeah. I'm not trying to listen to it. Well, and it's interesting because this also comes from an era where just like the keyboard synthesizer technology was still relatively in its infancy. You couldn't quite push a button and suddenly get all of these different sounds. You had to to 
use the the cables and the tubes and the holes and all these sine waves that I I don't understand. Um, no, I don't understand either. Listening to it, like you can hear them try and figure out new sounds, and it it'll be you know discordant for you know two minutes as they try and hone it in, and then suddenly they'll get this really nice, pretty ambient sound, and then a minute later they'll move again, and and yeah, it's just interesting hearing it, but I don't you know I, I can't play it at a party. <laughs> it's never been stuck in my head. No, no, I'm never gonna go, dude. Do you gotta listen to the Sea Stones <laughs> from six twenty three seventy four? Some people call it Ned and uh, Phil and Ned, but I call it Sea Stones. <laughs> uh, I think the real, if it was a, a Sea Stones hipster, they would point out that Sea Stones was uh, an album of uh, of different compositions that were also improvised. Uh, and while Wait, so they they, they put out an album called Sea Stones. Uh, Ned Lagan did in 75, oh. and it featured playing from, uh, oh, I know at least Phil, Jerry, and Mickey. I don't know, huh. probably the rest of the band. Cool. Thank you yeah. for enlightening us. That's interesting. Yeah. That's what these experiments were in the uh, attempt of of making the, the Sea Stones album. That too. Let's go ahead and three. experiment with our next set. Set number three. Uh, set three opened up with a lovely jam. Uh, then we got Ship of Fools, Big River, Black Peter, Around and Around, uh, A Dark Star, uh, Spanish Jam, A U.S. Blues, Uncle John's Band, One More Saturday Night, and then an encore of Casey Jones. Nob, what was your thoughts on set three? I liked it. Um, I did. I really did. Uh, I think set two tends to be where 74 Dead shines because they can lean back into their weirder, jammier, spacier songs. They don't have to focus on the rippers as much and they can lay back and just let the music flow through them. Uh, this jam at the start of set two is an excellent example of that. Uh, everybody's interplay is really nice. They find a really nice natural landing point and immediately pick up with Ship of Fools. Uh, a, a melancholy beautiful in Ship of Fools, which contrasts with the opening jam's playful beauty. Uh, Jerry's solo, delightfully understated. A lot of emotion coming through very few notes. Uh, I really liked the jam into Ship of Fools, a highlight of the show. Uh, Big River's always a good time. Uh, this one's no exception. It's ripping. Nice solos from everybody. Um, it was good. I liked it. Um, when Black Peter started, I wondered if Jerry was okay, because the last three songs he had sang were China Doll, and then Ship of Fools, and then Black <laughs> Peter. Um, but at the same time, it was lovely. Jerry's vocals were great. They played with the dynamics really nice. Some strong harmonies. Uh, I'm not always impressed with these early around and arounds. Uh, I'm a big fan of when this song gets higher and higher energy, and, and sometimes these early renditions don't get me there. This one did. It was super tight. Uh, it, it just explodes. I Literally in my notes, I just have Jerry exclamation point, Bobby exclamation point, Keith exclamation point. Yeah. Everyone's just bringing it in the around and around. Very impressed. The cornerstone, the heart of this set, comes in this big batch of improv, the Dark Star jam into Spanish jam into U.S. blues. 
it's really good. It, it's a, a well-deserved monster meaty jam. Uh, it's really trippy. It very quickly leaves the Dark Star feel to become its own jazzy thing. I, I really like, in the middle, it almost has this like jazz Cumberland blues feel. And mm. I found that really interesting. Not a single lyric of Dark Star after nope. 17 minutes of playing, which I... That's badass. I, I cannot help but respect that. Uh, and then I really enjoyed the Spanish jam. Jerry was bringing it. His his slide lines were honestly reminding me here of, of David Gilmore to an extent. Their their relationship with the slide and the way they were playing melody reminded me of. And Jerry's playing very rarely, if ever, does. But this is one of those times. A clean transition into the U.S. Blues Boogie. The Grateful Dead is firing on all cylinders at this point. Um, I do love, there's a point where they're playing the U.S. Blues boogie, and they're stuck on the A major chord. And Jerry tries so hard to get them to jump to the second chord of the progression, the D major chord, but the band will not leave the A major chord, so Jerry gives up and goes back to riffing around in A major. And then after another minute or so, Phil decides that he wants to jump to D major. And so then, then it almost works and then it starts to not work but then they persevere and suddenly the band is now playing that second chord and it's just such a fun example of tension and release there's just you can hear the communication happening in real time i really enjoy this dark star spanish jam us blues um i don't like uh, i didn't love the uncle john's band i didn't um it, it it was a little too mellow for its own good for me. Um, I liked the instrumental. I really liked the instrumental. It, it gets good in that jam section. And, and Kreutzmann is really impressing me on Uncle John's band. You would think from the amount of Tom stuff that he was doing that this was two drummer dead, but this is not. Yeah. Um, I contrastingly and uncharacteristically thought the one more Saturday night was great. Uh, I have a very short checklist for one more Saturday night. It's did Bobby bring the energy? Did the band neatly hit the triplets? And did Bobby do the scream? And we were three for three here. And even though you got an off-pitch Donna <laughs> yell at the end of the night, who cares? It's one more Saturday <laughs> night. It was a fun time. Uh, I'm a I, really, I know, and, okay, this is, okay. Just to this, confuse everybody. I So, okay. <laughs> This has been driving me crazy all day. So I was going through the dead base and looking at, at why they would... Not why, because who cares? But yeah. but they played one more Saturday night on Sunday. And I thought, okay, well, they probably didn't have a show the night before. But they do have a show the night before at the same venue on a Saturday. And then the show before that was a Thursday where they do play one more Saturday night. The only night this week they don't play one more Saturday night is the Saturday. And I, I've... I've been going crazy about this for the last four hours, I would say. I'm, I'm properly... Are you going to write uh, a letter to the editor? Yeah, I'm, I've gone Pepe Silvia here. Uh, I've, got the, I've got the chalk, or the, the, the bulletin board with all the string. Uh. Um, anyway, uh, Casey Jones was a fun encore to wrap things up. <laughs> it was good. Nothing really big to write home about, but it was a fun send-off to this evening. Um, I, again, I really liked this show. I really liked it going into this listen. I really liked it, again, coming out of this listen. Uh, I'm tired of hearing me talk. What did you think, Fig? Yeah, sure, I'm tired of hearing you talk as well. So, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. That was, uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, just like set two was, um, 
so set two, I thought the the song choices made a lot more sense. Um, and and they and they work together. Uh, the 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 jam before Ship of Fools, uh, game you mentioned it was lovely, and that was the exact word I used. Just lovely. Just just relax. Just everyone just having a musical conversation with each other. Just kind of like you know, easy as a Sunday morning. Awesome stuff. We get into Ship of Fools, and Jerry is wowing me with his vocals. He's wowing me with his uh, first blues solo. Um, and then Keith and Phil were great throughout uh, Ship as well. So that was a really cool way to start uh, set one. I, I, I loved how they just jammed into it. Just that, that mm-hmm. is prime, prime, prime dead. Um, really makes me think differently about 74, to be honest with you. Um. And so Nob mentioned something about how scarce um, Billy was playing. Um, you get to Big River, and man, that snare is 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 doing overtime. I mean, he is chugging along with that snare, and and the drum pattern is just fantastic. Yeah, and, and he he did he was doing a lot for just one drummer dead. Um, and so it was a great Big River and, and awesome just for to hear Billy do his thing there. Uh, Black Peter, I just wrote, was good. So Around and Around was one of the song choices that I thought actually made a lot of sense. It was kind of like a palate cleanser or like a buffer mm-hmm. between the first part of set one and what was to come, which was, as Nob so eloquently put it, just, you know, awesome Grateful Dead stuff. Uh, Dark Star into Spanish Jam. Um, I wrote that Dark Star, uh, by the way, having it as a jam rather than any lyrics was the complete right call. I love it when they do that. It provided, it did a better job of providing ambient music than Seastones by a mile. Um, the transition to Spanish Jam almost to me sounded like they were going back to Weather Report Suite just for a little bit, which was really interesting mm-hmm. too. Um, in Dark Star, we get uh, some fill bombs. Uh, his tone is just like really crazy, just really distorted and up in the mix and just going nuts. And then uh, Keith's tone was really cool too. And it actually sounded very much like, and I, I should know the player, but I don't know, but um, in Miles Davis's uh, In a Silent Way, uh, the keyboardist mm. uh, from from that. So yeah, just, you know, jazzy, just, you know, heavy, some you know, dark shit going on uh, in that Dark Star Spanish jam. Really cool stuff. Really, really cool stuff. The next song that I wrote down is Trucking, which I know now to be U.S. Blues, uh, but I didn't look at the set, and I didn't realize they didn't actually play Trucking, but it's got the same kind of groove to it. Um, And at that point, I I was transported to the Grateful Dead movie. Um, It really just sounded like the jams that we heard in the Grateful Dead movie, which I think was recorded before the show. No, about four months after. Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, October, November of 74. Uh, But, you know, clearly this is that that era and that style of of jam and and it was a really cool to kind of uh get back to a kind of a 4/4 kind of shuffle groove after whatever the hell they did with Dark Star and Spanish Jam. Uh mine just still blown about that. Uh UJB Uncle John's band was was pretty good. I really loved uh the final cacophonous chord at the end there. I don't know how they orchestrated that, but everyone nailed it and it was just really interesting. And then, yeah, Saturday Night was, was a lot of fun. Uh, Casey Jones, I wrote, the more we get together, I think someone must have dropped a, the more we get together, the happier we'll be melody. But again, um, Saturday Night and Casey Jones were a really fun way to end what was a really heavy, really awesome Grateful Dead at their height of their powers second set. Um, game, what do you think? Uh, once again, I am going to be the echo chamber. Uh, the opening jam was excellent. 
Uh, Ship of Fools was awesome. Really liked Big River and Black Peter. Uh, Around and Around was great. Um, truthfully, normally, 18-minute jams scare me away. Uh, but loved this Dark Star. Spanish Jam was good. U.S. Blues was great. Um, Uncle John's was good. One More Saturday Night was good. And Casey Jones was great. Um, this was an awesome, awesome show. Um, start to finish, um, really hard pressed to find. Well, I mean, Sea Stones, I guess, is is your weak spot <laughs> of the show. But if you take Sea Stones out of it, you're you're hard pressed to find a uh, a weak spot. Um, we have no Scarlet Fire to rake. Um, this week, um, had not been invented. However, um, before we go, Book of the Dead, let's do our set voting first. Um, Fig, set one or set three? No, three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dead Base has uh, Sea Stones as set one point five. (laughs) <laughs> so I w- I'm a set two boy sets three tonight. Uh, I, I my mind is still blown. Just really good stuff. Really good stuff. No, well, the end of set two was good. Good. Nob one or three. I mean it's it's three. Um, you know I like some stuff in set one. Obviously, uh, the the weather report suite, which I can't stress enough, is just the Grateful Dead at their peak. Um, it. It was really good, but in general, set three was more consistently strong. Yes, and I will agree as well. Um, Set three was fantastic. So once we wrap up uh, with this episode of the podcast, please make sure to stay tuned for set three of June 23rd, 1974 from Miami, Florida. Um, Knob, does this show make your Book of the Dead? Yeah, I mean, the show was in my Book of the Dead before we did this. Uh, this this just continues to be. This listen did not take the show out of my Book of the Dead. Uh, so, yes, it stays. Fig, Book of the Dead. I, 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 I want to say no, but I do feel like it's a yes. Because it did change my mind on, on this... Uh, early part of the mid 70s uh dead so for that reason yes um, i recommend other june 74 shows i, I might yeah yeah tell picks. me man I, I, i'm a 74 nut but i would say that june 74 is up there with july 89 and and may 77 in terms of show consistency cool i am i'm gonna say yes as well um peer pressure peer pressure really just it's all good i mean i i could nitpick on stuff no i don't like sea stones uh yes there's some stuff in set one i kind of don't care for um but even the stuff i don't care for still pretty damn good uh so yeah this is definitely a book of the dead show for me um show mvp i'll kick off that uh i'm gonna go with bobby as my show MVP. Uh, Nob, who's your show MVP? Oh, I was hoping I could go last because I'm, I'm still 
I okay. So it's either Keith or Jerry for me. I think I'm gonna go with Keith just because. When's the last time I got to say it was Keith? Uh, mm. So, but Jerry also uh, was on fire. But but Keith was really impressing me here. Just getting to show off and, his versatility. And Fig, who was your show MVP? Well, we started the show talking about Billy, and we will end the show talking about Billy. Um, his snare man. I mean, honestly, like I, I've said this before, that I was—I'm not a huge fan of single drummer dead, but man, his snare was was all over the place and just doing some really, really impressive, interesting stuff. Um, Billy. All right, let's um, let's go ahead and move down to our Reddit comments for this week's show. Uh, we have. Uh, technically three uh, comments, but one that really stands out uh, above above the rest. And I will go ahead and just state that this comment was posted by Reddit user Cock Diesel Brickhouse, <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, Cock Diesel Brickhouse has to say, "I'd already been a fan for years, but this is the show that turned me into a full blown diehard Deadhead." I was in college circa 2009, and I had been up all night after a very, very bizarre evening. I got back to my apartment, lit some candles, and decided to throw on a dead show. I picked something random from archive.org, and it turned out to be this Miami show. Three hours later, I was hooked for life. I've said this on this forum many times, but this show has the goat Jack Straw, in my opinion, through 6977, though 6977 is a close runner-up. Bill never, and I mean never, played a jazzier, more tripped-out, psychedelic version of that song. Just compare with the version from the previous night, and you'll get the picture. Hmm. I also think that the fact that the straw was followed by the only Grateful Dead Let It Rock ever is a pretty solid clue. The jam Ship of Fools is lovely, yeah. and the instrumental Dark Star is just next level bonkers. With <laughs> Keith ripping some of his gnarliest stuff of the year, exceeded only by his brain shattering solo on the 91874 caution jam, in my own opinion. <laughs> Basically, I agree with Dick that this show is easily top five of the year and a legitimate contender for best overall show of 1974. This was a Dave's Picks? Yes. Dick's Picks, I believe. No, it was never a Dick's Picks. Uh, there are two shows from later in the week that are a, a combined Dick's Picks. I don't know if this one's been officially released. Um, no. Dave's Picks, yes, volume yes, Dave's 34. Picks 34. Yes. Okay, well... It's from 2020. You can get the same quality. I mean, I don't want to say the, the same, but there's excellent quality on archive.org for this this show. Uh, and it was just interesting to me that, that uh, user Cock Diesel Brickhouse, um, <laughs> you know, was talking about uh, communing with the art with the archive in 2009. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, the more we talk about the archive, the more I realize that this this is a is an archive uh, podcast more than a Grateful Dead ar- podcast. But uh, that's pretty cool stuff. Okay, so it's a it's an archive podcast first. It's a Central Pennsylvania podcast second. <laughs> it's a 
Bob Dylan and Brian Eno podcast third. Then eventually we talk about the Grateful Dead. Yeah, but the dead just, you know, it's it's all there in the backdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also had comments from Gork Warden, who responded with just a classic, Ooh, and KC Dead Nerd 420, who responded with Ripper. Ripper. Uh, so uh, thank you to all of uh, awesome. Acoustic Grateful Dead song. <laughs> they have a song called Ripper? Yeah. How's it go? The words to glow. Wait, what? Rip, that's ripple, my I, friend. I know. I was, I, was awesome. doing a, I was doing a joke. Um, at least I had fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of the uh, words. My favorite. Were, some of the letters were close to the other letters. Sure. So what's going on with the next show? Because it's really short. Um. <laughs> yeah. You when it turns out to be a forty-five minute dire wolf. Yeah. Or dancing. Who? I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> um, next week, we are featuring October 11th, 1977, um, University of Oklahoma at the Lloyd Noble Center. Uh, it was a Tuesday, and it really does seem like just a very short show. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So we get a, <laughs> we get a 15-minute Franklin's Tower. So that's mm. something. Okay. A seventeen minute dancing. Mm, oh, is Sunrise is played. Oh, I like Sunrise. This is gonna be a fun show. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. It's there's some chunky songs here, guys. That's that's why it's, there's so few songs. <laughs> wow. They play oh, Sunrise right. for forty five minutes. I fully like support it. Sunrise. Yeah, they play it until the sun actually rises. Let's go ahead and get our bookkeeping done for this evening. As always, please go ahead and smash the subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead and non-loving Grateful Dead friends and family. If you know someone who just happens to love archives, send them over to us. They uh, they'll probably give us uh, they'll probably like, uh, like us as well. Uh, you can find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, if you happen to use a service that loosely rhymes with one point two gigawattify, what the hell? One point two one. I know. Come I just on, got you all. You were a lot for that. You know, truthfully, I never watched any of the movies. Uh, I don't think I have either. I mean, maybe it also came. I love Back to the Future. I have a buddy who, like, is hooked into them, and I've... I don't know. I don't Uh, like the third one that much, but I love Back to the Future. Sorry, (laughs) I know this isn't the point of the podcast. We're also a Back to the Future podcast. Yeah, I I cannot let this Back to the Future indifference stand. (laughs) (laughs) I will bring up Back to the Future every week until my co-hosts both watch it. And that's a promise to you, dear viewer. You're going to be surprised. I'm going to come back next week with a whole damn book report on Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 2. Um, I, I guess it wouldn't be a book good, report. Though I did, I must admit that I skipped the drum space in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may find us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead and twitch.tv slash the GD channel. 
Uh, that is it for me for the evening. Any follow-up words for Knob or Fig? Well, wait, so... Uh, we didn't mention this, but we all picked... That it was in our Book of the Dead. Yeah. Oh! So, so the set is uh, irrelevant. Null and void. But hey, I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, clearly there was a better set, but this was a fantastic show. <laughs> okay. I take one week off and I'm rusty. What can I say? <laughs> I'll never forgive you. <laughs> Any follow-up words from Knob or Fig? No, I, I just want to stress that I will never forgive you. <laughs> and on and on that note, uh, we thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast.
just like Jack the Ripper, just like Macho Hand, just like Billy Sunday in a shotgun ragtime band, just like New York City, just like Jericho.
Shot. 
for you.
we pretty close to the Bermuda Triangle around here. Yes. You know, uh, this sort of thing gobbles electronics. Thanks, folks. I don't think we have any time for time. Sort of works. Let's see, this one works. This one works. This one works. We're going to iron this one out. Noticing that this microphone works. This one works. Oh, that's better. Thank you. 
Check. 
Yeah.
We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. So everybody hang loose.
Mary Queen will love. Take that woman down to New Orleans, New Orleans. I give up, cause I've had enough, and I'm out blues all down the cup. She loves you, big boy. Thank you. 
The John was jumping, going round and round. Hey, reeling and rocking, what a crazy sound. Oh no, they never stopped rocking, till the moon went down. Oh, it sounds so sweet, I had to take the chance. 
Lights Blue.
slide, people. Yeah. 
Thanks a million, folks. See you next year.